Do you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Well, hello and welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. My name is Jeff Bernier. So happy that you decided to spend a few minutes with us this afternoon. Uh, so as you know, this is our monthly conversations around money and meaning. And I'm your guide, your Sherpa on this journey through conversations about meaning and purpose and what brings you joy, goal setting, a number of things uh, around what gives your life purpose. And we combine that with deep conversations or technical conversations around wealth management because not only do we need purpose, we need the means to be able to go pursue our vision of a meaningful life. And that's really what the mission of this show is, to help you create clarity and confidence to go live the best life as you uniquely define it. And so glad you're with us today and, and we're gonna have a really fun show today. I've got a special guest with me today. So let me set it up a little bit. Um, so Elizabeth King is a world-renowned sculptor, and she has a great quote that says, process saves us from the poverty of our intentions. Process saves us from the poverty of our intentions. Uh, there was a book out many years ago by Atul Gwande called The checklist manifesto and it had a similar, similar theme and what they found is by having a checklist and a process in uh, uh, um, surgical facilities in operating rooms millions of lives were saved by having simple processes and checklists and protocols which improved sanitation well, we're gonna talk a little bit about a process today or a little bit about a year-end process. And I, I thought about this, Mona, as we were talking about what we might talk about today because we're in the middle of our year-end mm -hmm. checklist that we do for our clients. So I thought it would be valuable for our audience today for me to bring in uh, the expert, Mona Fami. So Mona uh, is, the, uh, is a wealth advisor with our firm, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors. Uh, Mona has been serving clients for over 26 years. Prior to that, she had roles at Citigroup, uh, Coopers and Librand, and uh, I got her into this industry 26 years ago, and she's been uh, phenomenal in serving our clients with excellence. She um, has a MBA. Uh, she has a she's a, holds two professional certifications. She's an accredited investment fiduciary, and also a certified fund specialist. But most importantly, uh, she is a lead wealth advisor with our firm. Welcome, Mona, to the Money and Meaning Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to, great to have you back. So, again, I get a little overwhelmed sometimes, but <laughs> what we do in our practice, as you know, is we have processes and checklists, and, mm -hmm. and I think that's important. And I think, you know, using the quote from the sculptor, I think, is mm -hmm. helpful because it, it reminds me that by having these checklists and these processes, <clears throat> it allows us the freedom to be creative. Absolutely. To really talk to people and be creative and kind of get get in the weeds with what kind of what's on their heart, but we know things have not 
gone through the cracks because we've got these systems and processes in place. And of course, we're in a season now, not only are we heading to the holidays here at the year end, we're in a season in our firm where we're going deep with every client going through the year end process. So I thought I would have you join us today and talk a little bit about some of the things that might be helpful. Do you mind sharing some of that with yeah, us today? No, absolutely. Um, it is a very, very busy time of year. It seems like, you know, once Halloween is over with, it just seems like we're heading first to the holiday season, which is obviously a lot of fun, can be stressful, um, but it's also an important time to really reflect on what's going on, what happened in the, the year, what are things that we can do to end the year in a very positive note, but also to prepare a little bit for the next coming years. Um, people do that ideally both personally and professionally. We started the process years ago to have that checklist to make sure, although we're covering so many of these topics, with clients throughout the years, it was just a way to make sure that we didn't forget something and that nothing really falls through the crack. So it's been a very, very helpful process with us within the firm with our clients, but I think it's a good reminder for people in general, hopefully they've got a trusted financial advisor as well as tax advisors, other advisors where they can go through this process with, but if not, hopefully we can at least hit some of the stuff here today yeah. and cover topics that I think it's important for every family to, to, to take a look at. Okay, well, let's talk about it. So help me and help our audience who may or may not have an advisor, as you mentioned, what are the things that they should be looking at at the end of the year to kind of do what we do? I mean, what are the kinds of things they should be thinking about on their year-end checklist? You know, I... I kind of think it depends on the phase of life that a person or a couple household is in, right? right. I think the consideration <clears throat> for someone who may still be in the workforce okay. might be slightly different from someone who maybe is transitioned out or is about to transition out, maybe a little bit of a, a different consideration. They're all important, but it, the phase of life, if you're still in the workforce, is slightly different as far okay. as Okay, well, let's, let's break that up then. Okay. Why don't we start with, give me the things that someone who's still in the wealth building phase or still in, the career, in their careers, mm -hmm. what are the kinds of things they might be looking at here at the, at the year end to kind of make sure things have been addressed? Well, the first thing I tell for the people that fall in, into that group, it's like the first thing I say is really, really focus on your employer's benefits, right? Okay. For a lot of people, this is open enrollment right. time. Right. And for the average American, the majority of their resources are really given through their employer benefits packages. Right. So it's a good time to start there. Take a look, be mindful of the deadlines, because a lot of us, you know, we get that email from HR and we say like, oh, we've got a week or two weeks or whatever it may be, and time goes by and, and then you get that final reminder, this is your last day, and you just rush through yeah. and just do what you did last yeah, year. Yeah, you react instead of be proactive. Exactly. Yeah. But take the time to go through it. Um, for many Americans, one of the most costly things from a lifestyle standpoint is anything related to health care, health insurance, and things like that. Right. So take the time and go back through the year and really see what was your medical use like. And take a look at the premiums, 
the changes. Almost every company has increases in, in their premiums. Some companies are switching from you know, more traditional HMOs. A lot are pushing a lot more um, high deductible plans and health savings accounts. Right. So really sit down and take a look at your family's unique situation, your family's cash flow, and compare. Right. And take a comparison. For some people, taking the high deductible plan, maxing out the HSA right. is the right thing for their right. family. For people who have ongoing medical issues, chronic issues, or children that have something that's kind of a chronic ongoing thing, yeah. May maybe, not be the best choice. maybe it makes sense to make a little bit of higher premium because you can manage your cash flow as you're dealing with these medical expenses. Yeah. In an ideal world, yeah. You don't have medical expenses. You max out your HSA. You save that for future. But that's not always reality yeah. for every family. Well, and then also with the flexible spending accounts, or use it and lose it. So it. if you haven't used all the money in your flexible spending account, you lose that. Take a time. So those are the kind of things you have to look at Absolutely. in terms of benefits. As well as kind of plan for the upcoming year. You know, maybe you're using um, child care flexible spending plan, right? But your kids are transitioning out and they're not really going to be using daycare anymore. Right. Well, does it make sense to put the same amount of money in there? Because it is a use it or lose it right. type of situation. Right. So take a look at where you are this year and where you are next year and compare the different options that you've got and find the best match. Okay. Other areas that I think are really important to kind of leverage benefits is... Um, uh, disability insurance and uh, life insurance, right? So again, you know your family situation. A lot of times we say, ideally, it'd be great to have these types of insurance as private insurance, right. personal, where you can control. Right. But for some families, again, right. either it just seems too cumbersome from either a time standpoint right. or from um, just a financial standpoint. Right. So try to utilize. Some companies will give you the option to buy additional long-term disability. Right. So take a look. If your company offers that, maybe that's something you take advantage yes. of. Yeah. Same thing with life insurance. Um, maybe you've got a spouse who does not have access to life insurance and your company has the option to get um, spousal insurance very quick and very cheap. Right. Again, it's a quick way yeah. to, to go ahead and take advantage of right. that if that's something they so, offer. So why is that important at year end? Why don't you do that all through the year? Is it just because you get the new choices at the end of the year? So it's two things. Sometimes people just don't think about it. They're, okay. they're like, I'll just take the minimum, right? right? Um, so, and sometimes companies start offering new options. I got you. Right? And the only time, depending on your organization, yeah. sometimes the only time you can buy into certain coverage without medical underwriting open enrollment. is during open enrollment. Which is oftentimes at the end of the year. Right. Gotcha. So this is really, really relevant if you've got a couple who... They have some something that they were diagnosed with through with the, within the calendar year, right? And all of a sudden, and they may not be able to get a lot of coverage. But what if all of a sudden you have a spouse who is diagnosed with some type of illness, and you can get I don't know a hundred thousand without underwriting, right? Okay, not a bad bad thing to okay, do. Okay, so other than employer benefit, so those mm -hmm. were kind of the benefit. Mm -hmm. I guess Centric. Would, yeah, and I guess you would include you know four hundred one k elections Correct. and those kind of things in that whole analysis. What else for the pre-retiree or the, the, the wealth building, career-oriented household 
non-benefit related, would you think? So we'll go back to, because this is not necessarily in, it's part of your benefits, but I will go back to the discussion around 401ks and HSAs, okay. because a lot of times you can make changes to those plans. You're not tied into open enrollment period for most companies on any changes and contributions to 401ks and HSA. Okay. So if you are a person who um, turned age 50, within the 2023 calendar year, you have the ability to do catch-up right. um, contributions that into you may have your missed. 401k. That which you weren't you eligible the first of the year. You got it. Right. And so, and most 401k administrators, you have to actually choose yeah. to do a catch-up. Catch it's not yeah. an automatic thing. Right. So if you have time and your cash flow permits and you, you find right. yourself in a higher tax bracket or you right. know a bonus is coming yeah. towards the end of the year right. and you turn 50, go ahead and consider doing that catch-up provision. Right. Same thing with your HSA, but with HSA, it's your, your health savings account. It's the age 55, you get um, a catch-up provision as well. Right. So if you turn to age 55, an it's an extra thousand dollars. That you can put in the HSA pre-tax you got if you're it. over 55. 55 and above. Okay. You could put that extra thousand. Right. So if you turn to age 55, you got a little, it's a great way to save taxes, flexible way. You can either invest it or you can use it for medical expenses. You've got a lot of flexibility yeah. there. So Those, you may have hit a milestone during the year. I gotcha. might have hit a milestone. So go ahead and take a look at that. And then I would always say it's a good time to sit back and reflect on cash flow. Okay. It's a good time to just revisit cash flow. Right. As well as upcoming expenditures that you think are going to happen not only during the holiday season, but also in 2024. Okay. And figure out what needs to shift. You might start start having idea of, am I going to get a salary increase? So what's the best way to use that salary increase? Do we need it for lifestyle stuff, that important goals that we need to do? Or is this an important um, opportunity to save a little bit more money? Gotcha. So just taking the opportunity as you're getting an idea of what 2024 is going to look like from an income standpoint, it's just a good time to have these discussions right. from 401k HSA, which for, again, for the average American, one of the biggest factors that in, influences long-term savings, but also um, cash flow. Right. right. So st go ahead and start having that discussion. Yeah. Once you've got that discussion going on, there's other tax things that you can do as the year year winds down. Depending on your situation and again, what's going on in your life, uh, there's investment op things to do in, in regarding your investment accounts that are not necessarily tax deferred employer type plans like sure. 401ks or even IRAs. Right. Um, a big one is taking a look at your taxable accounts and seeing if there's any opportunities for tax loss harvesting. Right. This has been a, I don't tell anybody, it's been a little bit of a volatile quarter as far as the market goes. And certainly last year was, was, was a volatile market and a lot of people are down in their taxable investment accounts. So does it make sense to take a look if you've got Unrealized losses, losses, unrealized yeah. losses. Does it make sense to go ahead and sell those positions right. and harvest those losses to be used against um, gains in the future or also a chance to kind of rebalance kind of some of the investments that you have? I will say this is a perfect time to reach out to tax and a tax advisor if you've got one, a trusted tax advisor, yeah. to have these types of discussion. Right. Same thing with your financial advisor. Right. To really, really take a look and see 
does this make sense in the greater context of your tax plan? Right. Um, another thing is, you know, year end, if anyone has taxable accounts and they hold mutual funds, year end is a notorious time for distributions, dividends, long-term capital gains, a lot of distributions come year end. In the mutual funds. In the mutual funds. Right. So it's a good time, again, to sit down with your advisor, uh, both your financial advisor and your tax advisor to see in your specific situation, does it make sense to maybe harvest some gains? And, or if you're thinking of buying into a mutual fund, do you hold off or think of a different type of structure because you don't want to buy into something, not have benefited from the appreciation right. all year long, and then all of a sudden get hit with this taxable right. gain. Yeah. So be really mindful of your investment structures during this time of year yeah. and sit down and take a look with it in context of your bigger picture plan right. with your financial advisor and yeah. tax advisor to see are there some tactics. Right. If you had a year where income was lower, Maybe you were laid off. Maybe you took a sabbatical. Whatever the situation may be, again, as painful as that is to a family going through it, there might be some tax planning opportunities right. there as well. Right. Again, I would sit down with your advisors right. and go through your situation and right. say, is there a chance to do, maybe we're in a low tax bracket, so maybe we do harvest some gains at a 12% marginal tax bracket and we don't pay long-term capital gains, as an example. Right. In anticipation of either cash that might be needed next right. year or just a chance again to, to rebalance potentially. Yeah. Uh, let, let me put a bow on that part yeah. quickly. Not a bow, but let me, let me iterate a couple points on that. So if we're looking at a client year in mm -hmm. and we see where they are year to date, mm -hmm and we see that there's an opportunity to harvest a gain, mm -hmm. if their income is low enough, that capital gain could be at a 0% capital gain rate. Got it. Which, if they're anticipating more income next year, they'll never get again. You got it. They won't get it back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you could potentially sell something at a 0% gain, even if you sold it to raise the basis. Mm -hmm. So it save you taxes in the future. So mm -hmm. there's an opportunity. But you won't know that unless you evaluate your year to date, where you are year to date, right. and then, uh, and at the same time, uh, if it looks like you're in a, lar a big year and you've got some unrealized losses, you certainly want to consider harvesting those losses to book them for, mm -hmm. against future gains. Uh, and of course, finally, you talked about the mutual fund distribution problem. Mm -hmm. And it's an opportunity if you do have losses or gains that you take to potentially upgrade the portfolio to more tax efficient vehicles. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of opportunity. but you know, without talking to your advisor and figuring out what your picture looks like. And usually the, the, the reason year end is good, you got a pretty good idea of your yeah, income you at are. that point. You, yeah. got, you, know, right. you know if a bonus is coming, you know if a raise is coming, you, yeah. know, you have a good idea of what your year-to-date income is, looks like right. and what's going to happen typically over the next month or so. Yeah. So you're at a point in time in the calendar year to, to, ha to make informed decisions. Right. Do any of these tactics make sense for you? And even if you do the entire exercise and you say, okay, none of this makes sense for us, that's okay. Checked it off your list, you tried, and, and you just go into the new year knowing at least, at least you, you tried to do it. Right. Another big area I think um, for this, and this probably would be both types of people, people who are still working and, and um, have already potentially transitioned out of the workforce, is any type of gifting. 
right? Whether it's gifting to a designated charitable organization, um, this is a great time to, again, see what is the best way to execute what your heart wants to do, right? right? So if you have a goal to give X amount of dollars to whatever organization means something to you, then it's a way to see, okay, do I use just straight up cash? Right. Or do I have in some of these taxable accounts that we talked about, do I have some shares and some mutual funds, stocks, whatever it may be that have really, really low basis? And so is it possible for me to go ahead and donate these right. stocks, mutual funds in kind, right. satisfy what my heart wanted to do? Right. It's a charity. They can sell it. They're not going to pay any tax on right. it. You've just saved yourself from paying long-term capital gains if you wanted to reduce that holding. Right. It's a kind of a win-win situation. Yeah. So that's a great thing to do. Um, and I guess this kind of transitions a little bit to people who are either already retired, have reached 70 and yeah. a half and above, definitely if they're minimum required distribution age. Right. For them, they can start seeing, okay, does it make sense to do a qualified charitable donation? Okay, let's hold off on yeah. that just a second. Yeah. Let me, sure. let me, let's wrap up the wealth builder here sure. because, because the charitable strategies are obviously appropriate for both. Sure. Um, I, I think it's interesting, you know, we spend, or many people spend a lot of time trying to forecast markets right. and try to figure out what's going to happen next year. Well, we know what happened this year with your taxes. Right. So we, we may not know your tax rate in the future because we don't know what Congress is going to do, but we know what we have today. And so year end is a great time to say, okay, do we harvest losses? Do we harvest gains? Do we gift low basis shares to charity and use the cash to raise the basis by buying those shares back with cash? If you have a loss in something, take the loss and use that cash to give it. Don't, don't, don't give to the charity stocks that have that are underwater. Right. Sell those. <laughs> Sell those. And harvest the loss, mm -hmm. and then give. And in that case, you'd give the charity cash or give them other shares. Right. So, but we know where we are. Absolutely. We, the, the tax laws are not going to change for you between now and December thirty first. Right. Um, and so, those are all good things. So that was very helpful. So now, and I will say one thing before we transition from okay. that group. Um, so going back to the employer benefits, after you sign up for all of your employee benefits, they usually give you a confirmation. And usually on those confirmations, it will spell out to you who you got listed as the important people, oh. who you've got listed as beneficiaries, who that is a great time to audit everything, not only that you've got at your employer, but your stuff that you hold outside of your employer as well. Yeah along with your estate planning yeah. documents, do we have the proper beneficiaries listed? Right. And do they match up with what you're trying to accomplish through your estate planning documents? Right. You and I see a lot of times where clients will spend a ton of money on these fancy, very well thought out uh, estate planning documents, but none of their beneficiary designations match up with, with what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So, so I was, it's a good audit it of is the beneficiaries. a good period, only because yeah. most likely they will put, they'll give you a confirmation and yeah. usually the confirmation will spell out whoever he is. Yeah. So sometimes that's a trigger yeah. to say, okay, let me audit everything, yeah. including the stuff outside of my employer. Yeah, de dealing with the retirement uh, distribution rules is a whole nother show. Right. 
But it's even more important now with the new rules around non-spousal beneficiaries. Right. But the audit's really important. I, I was, when you were talking about it, I heard a story from an advisor once that said he did, he was working with a, a family who lost a, their, their, their parent or, or grandparent, and, uh, and um, the beneficiaries was a spouse two spouses ago. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, so the importance of auditing the beneficiaries is critical. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So let's move to my second half, my act two client. Mm-hmm. So the client that's in act two of their lives, they may have been retired a few years or a lot of years. Mm-hmm. What would they be doing on their year end checklist? What are the kind of things they would be they would be checking off and evaluating at this time of year. You know, I'm going to start off at the same place, healthcare. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and as an advisor, I know it's not the funnest topic, but we see of all the areas that can blow up a retiree's plan is not having proper insurance. Right. And one of the main things is obviously um, medical insurance, right? right? So if you are Medicare eligible, we're right now in open enrollment time for, for Medicare plans, right? October 15th through December 7th is right. when you can make your changes. Changes to your plan. For, right. Changes for the plan for the 2024 year. Yeah. Okay. And so you want to, again, be mindful of that and take a look at the different options out there. Again, you know your medical situation. See if you've got what you, you need. See if the coverage has been good for you. Um, and I would highly recommend, because it is such a tar baby medicare is you know yeah. there's so many different medigap plans there's yeah. the medicare advantage you guys are probably seeing on the commercials all n- night and day of all the different the advantage, you know, advantage plans, plans and, that yeah. you can get yeah it's important to take a look and say okay do i have the right plan but it's very very important to to, to work if you can find and we've got some great ones in, in our informal network someone who specializes right. in those plans because People assume that you can always go back to a Medigap policy, but you can't necessarily. There's only a few states where you were guaranteed to be able to go from a Medicare Advantage plan back, back to, to a, a Medi- traditional plan, traditional plan yeah. without underwriting. Yeah. And so some people will see those commercials and they'll be like, oh, yeah. that sounds cheaper. And they're going to give me, I don't know, dental or whatever right. the commercial is saying. And I'm going to do that without digging through the documents yeah. to see, is that truly an appropriate plan for you? Yeah. So that's so I'm gonna, that's where I will say I would start. Is yeah, that, that, and that is a place where having a trusted advisor absolutely. can be critical because, you know, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that as we age, we're not as cognitively sharp. And then they send you this 300-page booklet <laughs> from the government telling uh-huh. you, okay, you've got to make a bunch of choices, and you've got till December 7th to make them. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can be overwhelming. Very, very overwhelming. Yeah. There's so many nuanced changes depending on your situation premiums can go up as well so it is what it is to an extent and the the drugs that are in your drug card that are available and how they are classified yeah Mm -hmm. so you really have to have a handle on your specific situation and don't go by what your neighbor says yeah you you talk to your neighbor and they're like oh well i changed it this is the best plan for me and it's so much cheaper and i've got all this it may be perfect for their situation. Doesn't mean that it necessarily is for yours. Right. So this is a, so I'll, so I'll start with there is yeah. you make sure you take the time before that December 7th. And again, if you're working with a professional, 
try as early as possible to book with them because they've only got so many hours in the day and everybody towards that December 7th deadline is trying to book time yeah. with them. So the earlier you start this process, the, the better. better. Right. If you happen to be a retiree prior to Medicare eligibility age, 65. age yeah, right? right? And you're getting your program, your medical insurance, whether it's through retiree benefits through your former employer, whether it's through the exchange, whether it's through COBRA, whatever your situation, again, take a pause and see going forward, is this still the right. most appropriate um, uh, medical insurance for my situation? And if not, this is a good time to kind of go ahead and make those changes for the 2024 right. tax year. Um, a lot of the investment stuff is very similar okay. in the sense of depending on the households, the way their income comes in. Are they getting a ton of pension, Social Security, right. distributions from IRAs? Right. Then depending on the way income's coming in, you may have the same thing. You may have opportunity for tax loss harvesting. Right. You might have the chance to do um, harvest some gains right. if they're in a low tax bracket. Uh, a big thing for people in this age group, if they are truly in a low tax bracket, is taking a look at doing Roth conversions. Right. Does it make sense to consciously think through of moving some of your assets from an IRA, paying the taxes today, right. convert it into a Roth so it can continue to grow tax exempt to use later on in retirement, or it's a great vehicle to pass for that generation, right. especially in context of some of the right. changes in how um, non-spouses inherit IRA types right. types of accounts. Yeah, we, we haven't talked much about Roth conversions, but um, until now, when you when you talk about it for the retiree, but that's appropriate to the to the pre-retiree as well. Correct. In the circum in the circumstances. If the circumstances. So if you if you forecast that your your tax bracket's likely to be uh, lower mm -hmm. in the future, um, you know you probably wouldn't want to do this. Absolutely. But if you think your tax bracket could be similar or higher in the future, mm -hmm. it may be a way to prepay tax at a lower rate mm -hmm. that over time can improve the sustainability of your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And in retirement, that's the risk. It We're going to outlive our money. Right. So every dollar matters. Absolutely. So if we can pay tax at a lower rate today and not ever pay tax again at potentially a higher rate, you've basically extended the term of a portfolio absolutely by using those tax dollars absolutely so being thoughtful about filling up brackets and and do we do we do we accelerate income through roth conversions roth conversions or if it's money you know you're going to need in the next year for an outlay so let's say you've got your portfolio is structured in such a way that the majority of your assets are ira so as a retiree every single cent you pull out is ordinary taxable income. as yep. ordinary income right and you know you've got some big expenditures coming up in the next year, do you try to fill your bracket this year and go ahead and get some of yeah, that don't money do it all out in one year. and do the remaining in the prior year? Yeah. Again, this is all discussions that need to be in the context of your greater plan and what's coming up near term, yeah. not just long term, and done with your advisor and, and, and in conjunction with your tax advisor right. as well. So it is this ability to fill up tax brackets especially when you're in lower tax rate is, is really important opportunity. And again, we're at the end of the year, you've got a good idea of where you are to date. Yeah. So you is. talked about, you talked about the normal tax planning with the portfolio. We talked about Roth. Now talk about charity 
for this age group? What are the charitable Well, I will mention strategies? one more thing before we talk about charitable strategies, and I guess it could come in context with that as well, is uh, just be mindful. We, talked, we started uh, first talking about um, Medicare, Medigap policies. Be very, very conscious as you're doing Roth conversions, as you're doing distributions, that there are different thresholds for Part B premiums right. that are based on your income from two years prior. Right. So make sure you're looking at any taxable income you're generating in context of is it potentially going to push me into a higher premium later on. Yeah. And I will say the same thing if you're a pre-retiree and you're getting, and you're, 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 excuse me, you're a retiree, but you're pre-Medicare eligibility age and you're getting uh, health coverage through the exchange, right. you want to be really careful because all of that income impacts the cost of your yeah. medical insurance. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, it's, I've, I've been shocked at how well it, uh, some of the... Um, clients have the outcome some of our clients receive when they retire prior to Medicare on the exchange if we're able to keep their income relatively low. Absolutely. So sometimes getting that credit is a lot more valuable mm -hmm. than accelerating income for a lower bracket. You got it. And, yeah. And you got it again, look at it in the context. Yeah. So you got to look at, you got to look at that. Mm -hmm. I'm on the exchange and getting a premium tax credit. You got it. If I'm over 65, is it going to blow me over or my Medicare part B premium? So it's all kind of interrelated. It's all interrelated, which is why working with your respective advisors, both from a big picture financial planning standpoint, yeah. but also your tax advisors working together. Right. Really. And again, you may decide, no, it's worth paying a little bit of premium, depending on what your long-term goals right. are. But we want it to be a conscious. We just don't want right. any surprises right. <laughs> at come tax time. Yeah. Right. We just don't want any surprises. So. Um, well, the thing about the Medicare Part B premium is interesting because... Uh, if you blow over that rate, clients are reminded about that every single month. Yes. When they get their their Medicare payment yes. or their yeah their Social Security payment, and the Part B premiums reduced every single month, they're going to forget about the tax savings I had. <laughs> so you have to you have to be that's just like uh, cognizant and aware of what you're doing. Absolutely. So that you can remember, okay, this is why I'm paying higher premiums because it's saving me more taxes in the long run. But it's got to be conscious. It's got to be conscious. Yeah. And it's okay to make a conscious decision that works best for your plans. We, like I said, we just don't want any surprises, right? right? Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's the last thing I'll say about as far as the taxes and, yeah. and health. Yeah. Um, but going back to what you were saying about the charities, Charitable. right? So yeah. for chari charities, um, big thing that we do for our clients who are 70 and a half, and older is you have the ability to do a qualified charitable donation, QCD, you'll see, you'll see that abbreviated all the time, um, from your uh, IRAs. And you can do technically up to 100000 a year from your IRAs as a qualified charity. Directly donation. to the charity. Directly to the charity. Right. So you never, never, you never touch the cash, right? right? You basically reach out to your custodian you sign something saying, I want X amount of dollars to go directly to this charity. Right. You will get a 1099R for that tax year saying this amount of money went out. Right. And you just have to prove that it indeed went to that charity. So when you file your yeah. taxes, it's listed as a qualified charitable donation and you don't pay any income tax on it. Right. So you've just done two things. You've satisfied what your heart wants to do. You've given it into an organization that you love and we're going to give money to them anyway. Um, but also, you just save yourself income tax. Right. Well, and what's great about that, too, is um, 
you've, you've reduced their adjusted gross income Correct. right off the top. Right off the top. And, uh, you know, the tax act that was passed in 2017 raised the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these retirees may be writing checks to their church, and it's a great thing to do, but it's not saving them any taxes yeah. because they're not itemizing. Correct. By doing the QCD, not only do you still get the full standard deduction, but you reduce your taxable income, uh, which also affects your, your, your adjusted gross income, which right. is, uh, you know, a lot of these other rules are affected by that. Right. And I will say for the people, once you've turned required minimum distribution age, okay. be more mindful, sit down and figure out how much you want to give to charity. So what is your intention first? And make sure you process that part first. But, so if you process your RMD, so let's say you tell your custodian to send you the money directly to you, go ahead and process my RMD on January 5th. Okay. And they send you the money. And then six months down the road, you say, oh, I wish I had done a qualified charitable donation. You could still do it. You still have that 100000 But if you wanted to use your required minimum distribution, it's too late because you already had the check issued to yourself. Gotcha. So Plenty as you're ahead. looking at your yeah. year... Make your decision if you're not sure what you're going to need from a cash flow standpoint as far as taking money out of your IRA. Right. Go ahead and process the qualified charitable donation first because it'll use up your required minimum distribution yeah. first. And remember, I always tell people, government loves for you to take money out of the IRA. They're never going to say no to taking money out of the IRA. They want the income. Right? right. So if later on you process your RMD and every single cent of it went to as a qualified charitable donation and six months down the road, you just need a little bit of money for yourself. You no, no one's going to stop you from yeah. taking it. Yeah. So just be mindful of the timing to give yourself the most flexibility yeah. from, con- again, controlling your income taxes. Right. Well, speaking about too, is, you know, year end is also a good time with these retirees if they haven't taken their required distribution yet, and they may or may not do a charitable gift with some of it, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, they look at their tax withholdings year to date, if they're under withheld, you can also have some of the distribution withheld for taxes. Absolutely. And that's a good way, again, at the end of the year to say, okay, am I on track or not? And you could decide how much tax do I want to have withheld from the RMD to satisfy all of your a potential tax liability for the year. Correct. And it'll avoid penalties because if it's withheld at the source, the IRS treats as if it, as if it was held throughout the year. Right. Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So anything else on charities or QCDs uh, or no, those kind of thing. things, RMDs? So, so same things as, as far as taxable accounts, those are all using yeah. qualified accounts. Yeah. Um, as far as taxable accounts go, same thing. You know, if you're trying to fund um, a charity through that instead, so let's say you're below 70 and a half, you're retired, but you're below 70 right. and a half, you can consider, again, giving a low basis stock. Right. I mean, then again, as we get older and as we our focus from a gifting strategy changes, right? So my client who's in their 80s, what they want to gift both for, to charities but also to family members is, is a different thought than maybe my person who's retiring at age 55, right? right. And so, again, it's a good time to reflect, um, you know, is there things that I want to gift and if so, making sure I'm keeping in line to maximize right. gifting annual tax exclusion, which is 17000 right. 
per person. Right. Um, again, so if you're a couple, you can give gift to one grandchild as an example, they're up to 34,000. Right. And again, do it in context of what's going on. So you've right. got a grandchild who's about to get married and you yeah. want to gift them something. Yeah. Depending on how you've used your exclusion and what's going on. Right. Might not be a bad time to, right. to revisit and say, what's the best way for me to take advantage so, of my So year-end, there's a lot you can do with year-end. Two other th topics on year-end planning I'd love to mm -hmm. chat about briefly. Uh, so talk a little bit about um, forecasting what they're going to need. Because, you know, in our practice, we'd like our clients to keep adequate, safe cash mm -hmm. for short-term income goals. Mm -hmm. So how do you go about that? How do you go about figuring out how much needs to be in safe liquid money for intermediate term goals. Yeah, so that is a big part of our year-end discussions with clients. Um, because again, being the year-end, this is a great time to decide, do we shore up some of this these this needed cash in this 2023 calendar year, or do we wait till 2024, depending on their tax situation? But we really, for us, you know, everything starts with a financial plan, right? And for our retirees, we've got a good handle on what are their expenses, their estimated expenses, just based to right. kind of keep living and keep right. everything going the way we want to and be comfortable. Right. And then the unusual stuff that comes up. Do I need to buy a car? Um, you know, uh, do we need to do home improvement projects? Is there a special trip we want to take? All of those things that would generate maybe cash needs within the next two years. From the capital, not from, from their your capital. paycheck, but from capital. Correct, yeah. correct. So we take a look. Because you don't want to take risk with money you're going to use in the next couple of years. In the next two years, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's where we're very conservative when it comes to money that we think you're going to actually spend within the next two years. We just don't want it. Yeah. Um, in any type of strategy. Right. We don't want it exposed to market So a year in is a good time to kind it's of say, time. okay, what am I forecasting for the next 24 months? Mm -hmm. And do I replenish it with a stock sale at a loss or a 0% capital gains rate? Do I replenish it with some of the RMD? Mm -hmm. um, do I just choose not to replenish it till next year because the tax situation is better next year? Right. Or I expect a bonus or a deferred comp payment or something else? So that's what you're doing, essentially. That's what we're you're doing. Multifaceted, figuring out, okay, where are the best places to, to use to replenish? And secondly, which tax year? Correct. And that is something that really varies significantly depending client. on the client yeah. situation, right? right? So again, another important discussion to have with your advisor and your, your tax advisor as well. Yeah. Um, because you can save a ton of taxes just by being mindful of when do I make some of this? And again, we're talking, we're in November, right? Yeah. November, December versus January. Right. Right. So it's not. Yeah, we're not waiting we're that not, long. We're not yeah. waiting another calendar year yeah. like November of 2024. We're talking a month. Right. You know, some situations you're waiting a few weeks yeah. to make a trade. Right. And, and just that little bit of timing difference right. can make a huge, huge impact right. on the taxes. Right. But not only that, too, you've got, uh, we just mentioned, if you own mutual funds, you may have cash coming into the portfolio that can be used correct. that you don't want to reap. You don't want to trade it because you're going to use it for a distribution in yeah. the next 24 months. So for a lot of my uh, retiree clients who this was a great strategy when they were accumulating wealth, they have it where everything, whether it's an employee stock purchase plan, whether it's just 
mutual funds they were managing, everything's reinvested, everything's reinvested. Right. And that was a great way for them to kind of set it and forget it and yeah. always be in the market. Yeah. That's not always the best strategy yeah. when you're retiring, yeah. right? right? That you might actually use those distributions. Right. So again, go back and audit how everything is set up, yeah. does it make sense for the phase of life you find yourself in yeah. today? Okay. Well, other than all of the, the, these su subjects, is there anything else on broader planning like estate or um, other things that may be relevant at year end? There may not be. I'm just curious if you have other things that you check off. Like the diminished capacity kind of questions or yeah. those kind of things. I, I think it's a good time to just reflect on your big picture plan in general, and estate planning is always a big part of it. So just like I said, the, for the um, households that are still in the accumulation phase, still in the middle of the careers to audit right. all of their beneficiary designations, yeah. I would recommend the same thing. If it's been a few years, go back and read your estate planning documents. Yeah. Does it really reflect the phase of life and that you're in now? Right. Does it reflect the phase of life the people that you love are in now? Right. And go back and make sure. And your and your financial advisor will be happy to go through this process of because we know our clients. We know what they're trying to accomplish and what they want ideally to happen if something happens to them and how they want to impact that future generation. So a lot of times we can read the documents and say, do you understand? this is what is happening with right. these documents. And so we can have a discussion, do changes need to be made? Yeah. And then again, go through and actually audit. Yeah, the, so year and might be a good year to, it's time a good to do time. that too. And then I always think it's a really good time to sit back and <laughs> review all of your property and casualty insurance, yeah. all of your, you know, yeah. do you have an umbrella policy? Yeah. Um, are we starting to see signs in ourselves or in our significant other of mm, they're not seeing, able to handle things as, as well. much as they used to? Yeah. So do we need yeah, to? Yeah, we should probably do a whole show on that. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. for instance, a lot of, um, so going back to the estate planning documents, right. a lot of the durable powers of attorneys, the financial powers of attorney. When people are younger, a lot of times, they, especially in the state of Georgia, you can do this. Yeah. You can't do this in the state of Florida, but in the state of Georgia, you can say, I want my spouse or I want my son or daughter right. or whatever to handle my financial affairs if I cannot handle them for myself. Yeah. And you get proof get from a doctor properly. Yeah. That, that, that that is the yeah. case. Well, as we get older, we start thinking, you know what? I might need help before, I'm, before, before I get I'm medically incapacitated. Yeah. Yeah. I might need my son or daughter or spouse to, to step in, you know, if I'm just having a bad day and yeah. it just seems like I can't cope yeah. with some of these decisions. Yeah. So and again, I need my advisor to be able to talk to them. You got it. Yeah. And so you go ahead and update the documents. Right. Obviously, it has to be someone you really trust. Right. Um, but you update those documents. But those are, those are the types of discussions that I would say are really important from a year-end standpoint. It's good time right. just to, to audit everything. Yeah. Well, this was a lot. I, I, I will just apologize to you, audience, that we went with a lot of material here. But when I have Mona, I have to just get it all out to you. So I need to, I need to bring her back more frequently because she's just got so much information and so much knowledge on a whole bunch of stuff. But I just know year end. So the great thing about the year end, I love to take some time off of the year end and start updating my personal plans and my vision for the next several years. I mean, I'm a, I'm a goal setter and a planner, so I really love going 
as I talk about on this show occasionally, to the woods and think about what matters and, you know, what, what would my, you know, what, if life turned out really well for me, what would it look like in five years or 10 years or 20 years or whatever? So year in's a fun time to do that. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that you just ought to check off. Absolutely. Uh, and, and like I said, year in can be a good time to do many of these. And of course, some of these are tax related and timing where you got to, January is too late. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so hopefully this was encouraging and not overwhelming, but Mona, you're awesome. Thank yeah, you no, again gosh, for, you for, having me. for, for chiming in on all this because, uh, you, uh, you're phenomenal at it and you do a, a, such a thorough job Thank for you. our clients and I know our audience would benefit from it. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you found some useful information, please. As Mona has stressed more than once in the show, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to your other advisors, your financial advisors, your estate planning advisors, your tax advisors, your insurance professionals, and, you know, get a team together to collaborate because no firm probably can have the expert in all of these areas. I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty darn good at a lot of them, but we have a lot of resources available external of our firm that we collaborate to deal with, with all of this. So keep that in mind. And thanks for being with us today. I hope you found it useful. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can reach me at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com. If you like the show, check us out on iTunes and all the other streaming services and uh, give us some feedback, if you will. And thanks again. And uh, as my friend, as, as Howard Thurman said, uh, you know, go find what makes your heart come alive and go pursue it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com. Or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.